Welcome to Meet the Manufacturers podcast, brought to you by Manufacture CT and sponsored by Cone Resnick, who are dedicated to helping manufacturers and distributors to enhance their competitive position and succeed in high-pressure trade environments. Visit them online at coneresnick.com. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all of the world's biggest podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Never miss an episode again and subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts from. On every episode, we take the opportunity to learn more about a local manufacturing business. Welcome along to the latest episode of Meet the Manufacturers on behalf of Manufacture CT. It is my great pleasure to be speaking with Dan Cotiola and Gabe Jenkins today. They're from the Hamden Engineering Career Academy. It's quite a mouthful. They affectionately call it HECA for short, and I kind of like that. Heck of a good day is what I read on your website, which is rather cool. So Daniel is the director of HECA for Hamden Public Schools, and Gabe is a HECA instructor. Gentlemen, welcome to Meet the Manufacturers podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Claire. Glad to be here. Oh, it's great to have you here. Now, first of all, Dan, you've got the hot seat job. You're the director. Tell me a little bit about the program, how it got started, when did it launch, how does it work exactly? 2017, Malloy and the Department of Labor changed the rules around pre-apprenticeships. The listeners of this podcast may remember that, in that previous to that, only students out of Votech schools in Connecticut at 16 and 17 years old can work in a manufacturing facility for pre-apprenticeship hours. Post that, schools with structured programs directly related to manufacturing and engineering could apply for and get permission to move students in that direction. So that rule change within the Department of Labor was critical to us envisioning building a program like HECA. And really, right off the bat, we thought doing a dual enrollment program, whereby students would have an opportunity to earn college credits, college certificates, and an associate's degree, which is something we're extraordinarily proud of about, and workforce readiness skills would be the direction we wanted to go. I'd be remiss if if I didn't immediately say one of the linchpins to this happening was a state assemblyman, Mike D'Augustino, who when we brought the idea to him, we had it on the back of an envelope. This is what we want to do. and. Mike brought it to the assembly and was able to secure funding for us to redo our facility. So by 2018, 2000, late 2018, early 2019, we had the funding in place and we were beginning to build and we were bringing students into the program. 2019 fall, we started with our first cohort and we were completing the physical project at that time. So that's our roots. The higher ed partner as well as the industry partners, the industry partners who our students go and get that experiential learning from. Without those two components, what we do here can happen. So it's really the three groups together. And today I really hope that some industry partners hear about us and wanna work with our extraordinary kids. I mean, one of the biggest things that I hear week in, week out on this podcast from so many different manufacturing companies across Connecticut is the workforce development being one of the biggest challenges, you know, is getting good, 
people in the right positions, a variety of different levels of their career, you know, at different stages of their career, I should say. So this is absolutely key to the future of engineering and manufacturing in Connecticut. So how do people get involved with it, essentially? I mean, how have you created these partnerships that you've got in place already? You know, and how can manufacturer CT organizations get in touch with you and how does that work exactly? What's required from our manufacturers to make this work? Listen, Jamie Scott has been with us from day one, right? We came up with the name HECA, with the concept, you know, in the back of his you know, facility there in Woodbridge at, at air handling. And Jamie's been a huge advocate and a huge asset. And I think as manufacturer CT to grow, the kind of more embedded we can be, the better. Last year, and, and Gabe you know, could speak to this a little bit too. Last year, we had a group of companies come into our school to meet with our students. And widely, I think they were super impressed with who our kids are and what they have to offer. But we had seven or eight companies, or 10, I think. I would have loved to have had 30. I would have loved to have had 40. I think the fear among manufacturers is, you know, can I really bring on the 17-year-old? What are the insurance implications within my organization? Is this program out of a comprehensive high school one that really is vetted? Is this one that, that you know, I'm safe and secure bringing this student in? And these are questions that we want to address and answer and talk with anyone in the business community who wants to hear. And whether it's Jamie Scott or Todd Birch of the Department of Labor, you know, we have our ducks in a row and we want to make sure people know about who we are. Sounds awesome. So, Dan, how did you first get involved with HECA? You know, it's so interesting how things happen in a great state like Connecticut. And so Sal Menzo in 2017 was the superintendent in Wallingford. And and Sal made a push for manufacturing and engineering education in Wallingford. And it's flashed across the front page of the Meriden Record Journal. And my superintendent caught a glimpse of that. Jody Goler caught, caught a glimpse of that article. And he sent it to me and he said, Dan, I think we need to do something with this. And that was the impetus. So it's great that there's a state rule that changes. People local to us start to think about how to make it happen. And then we kind of have the autonomy to go ahead and make this work and build it. My experience has been in career development and career planning, workforce development. And so it was an easy segue to try to get our heads around this. It's definitely in a similar vein, isn't it? Gabe, what about yourself? Welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you end up in this position and working with this, the future of manufacturing in Connecticut? I had been a science teacher and STEM academic dean for about two decades. And some of it in Connecticut, some of it in California. And the school where I was before was very heavily focused strictly on college readiness, college preparation. And so in some ways, that was a wonderful place to be. But at some point, I started to look for opportunities that had maybe a little bit more balanced approach to what we were preparing our kids for after high school. And I live in Hamden. And so I read, I can't even remember where, I read on maybe a maybe a website, I can't remember what, that there was going to be a local presentation at the library about the HECA program that was coming up. And I went to it not really as a job search kind of thing. I went to it because I have two children who are in Hamden schools and one of whom was going to be at the high school in a few years. And so I was thinking to myself, well, 
let me just see what this whole thing is about. It sounds kind of cool. sounds interesting. And so I went to listen to Dan speak along with another man from the town in charge of business development. And, you know, he kind of went through the whole program and what they were trying to do with, you know, preparing kids for college as part of it, but also giving kids an experience that would allow them to go right into the workforce if they wanted to. And my head was just kind of like, this is amazing. This is like absolutely the kind of program that I wanted to be involved in because A, it was STEM, right? It was, it's engineering, right? But it's also cool. like, it's fun to make things. I mean, I had, I think I had missed that in my personal life for a little while. And so anyway, so I went up to Dan afterwards and I said, hey, just want to just throw this out there. You know, if you're thinking about, you know, hiring people to do the work for the program, I'm interested in this. And so we talked about it for a while. And then I ended up coming on board to start the program for the first cohort, which was four years ago. And they're now about to graduate right now, which is really, really exciting. One of the interesting things for me was, you know, kind of coming in at the very beginning of the program, it allowed me a chance to kind of develop it in certain ways that I thought would be really good for kids and, you know, kind of certainly do all the work that was necessary in terms of academic preparation that Gateway was requiring, but also kind of having a chance to develop a community feel with the kids in the program that I was really excited about building. So it was interesting to me as a person coming into a startup kind of situation within a larger, more stable, you know, a school system, right? But having this kind of a startup situation and being able to just kind of take it where I wanted to take it with kids, which has proven to be a really, really interesting, fun, rewarding experience. It must have been fabulous being a passionate teacher in your field to be able yeah. to shape your curriculum and your program around what you understand to be real life situations must exactly. have been super rewarding. Tell yeah. me about the summer camp, Gabe. Tell me about the summer uh, camp you do. Well, summer camp kind of is part of that community building thing, right? We take the the students who are just freshly admitted to the program and we just spend a week with them. It's very laid back. We're there to try to make some connections with kids to introduce them them to us like this is who I am so that on day one of school they they have a better idea of what I'm like and have me get a chance to learn everybody's name and have them maybe get a chance to do a few things one meet a couple of people that they might not have known so they're on day one of school you know these are eighth graders coming up to high school and it's a large and so it, it can be overwhelming for a brand new kid to ninth grade but if they come into the school and then they see me and they see one or two students that they know from the summer, it makes them a little bit more comfortable. So it was a chance to build some community and just have some fun and introduce them to some engineering hands-on activities that, you know, take a week to do. So it's not like super intense, but it gives them a feel like we want you to be able to think, we want you to be able to make things, we want you to be able to solve problems. So we give some experiences that, that just kind of work towards those goals. Great. And I think the other thing of the summer camp is that it begins the norm of students being engaged every summer. See, HECA is not just the first day of school to the last, you know, 7.30 to 2 every day. We stretch the school year, we stretch the school day. And so one of the important factors that we wanted to do was establish the norm that we have expectations and students will rise to meet those expectations outside of that regular school schedule. And it's done in a fun way. But in the second summer, they come back and they're doing an intensive CAD class five hours a day for a period of weeks. And it's necessary to drop it in the summer because the prerequisite is taken the previous year and the next class in sequence is the following year. In, in the third summer, the, the majority of our students need to do a full summer of math. 
So where everyone else has summer off, you know, they're busy doing algebra two, you know, from June through August. So uh, the idea of establishing that idea that work is around the calendar, you're going to have obligations coming into 12th grade. You know, we really stretch the school day whereby the students come to Hampton High School in the morning and a little before noon, they leave and they go off to the local community college at Gateway, our great partner, and they're engaged in classes there on campus until 3.30 in the afternoon. So I think that kind of concept of the rigor and establishing the norms, but making it fun and making it community. One of the interesting things is we're cohort-based. So students go through the program with each other, right? 38 students show up to summer camp, and over the course of the next four years, they're traveling with each other at least 25% of the time. Some years, as much as 33% of the time, they're with the same cohort of kids. So irrespective of how rigorous or challenging it is, they're developing those relationships of support. Most of those classes are taken with our two HECA teachers, Gabe and, and our other HECA teacher. So there's this real familiarity of instruction and support. And then I think what Gabe does is, you know, provide that highly rigorous experience with that sense of community that really, listen, Hamden High School has almost 1,800 students and it's easy to get lost. And we shrink it down so that our kids are in a program of 38. Meet the Manufacturers podcast on behalf of Manufacture CT is created and produced by Red Rock Branding, redrockbranding.com. If you are enjoying this episode, please subscribe to and share this podcast today. One of the interesting things about the community of kids is that I saw your eyes kind of light up when you're like a whole summer of math, right? Because most people don't want to do a whole summer of math when you're, you know, 17 years old, 16 years old, right? But they're really highly motivated. They are amazing kids that, that I have the opportunity to work with. And they're not monolithic either. They represent everything about Hamden, which is cool. We're about 50% girls, 50% boys. All of the different ethnic racial groups are represented. Different socioeconomic statuses are represented. Pretty much everybody. Like we have the kids who are in band. We have the kids who want to be engineers, kids who don't really know exactly what they want to do yet. We have people who are captains of sports, the people who are in the plays and the people who build the sets for the plays, right? We have every kind of kid is in the program. And, you know, it's kids that you might not expect to hang out so much together in high school, but because they're spending so much time and we really do try hard to make it feel like a community, these kids end up being really, really close friends by the time they leave high school. Like there's a group that you know, that when they go down to Gateway, kids jump in the car, they carpool together. And it might not be the kids who were friends freshman year. When you look at them, you're like, how are those people even friends? Like, you know, but they are because because they have shared interests and they have the shared experience where they know that they've put in a lot of time and a lot of hard work to achieve something that is really hard to achieve in high school. They're graduating with the diploma and an associate's degree because they put in the work, they put in the time, they put in that summertime to really like reach a goal. A high school graduate is required to have 25 high school credits to meet graduation requirement. The HECA students are going to graduate with 32 credits. They're going to have a whole nother year, essentially, under their belt. They also graduate with 65 college credits. They complete two years of a four-year degree in the time that they're in high school. We also are just looking for the kid who's the savant and shows up 
taking calculus in ninth grade. We'll take any kid who's interested because when you put them together, they teach each other and that's how they grow. Building on that, one of the things that is just kind of worth mentioning is that, you know, we're before kids are in the program, we, we talk to them to try to figure out what is their actual, their real motivation level, what is their real interest level. And we ask them, what kind of STEM experiences have you had in the past that kind of make you want to think about doing this as a career or as a job or something? And I'm just as excited about a kid who says, I learned to code on my own or I built my own computer. A different kid might say, I went down to you know Puerto Rico over the summer and my uncle's truck wasn't working. And so we took the engine apart and put it back together again. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> that's kind of awesome, right? And so... When I say shared interests, a lot of them really do come from different starting points, different backgrounds, but they do have an, a shared interest in understanding how things work. They have a shared interest in making things. And so it, we're looking for kids that are a good fit for the program, kind of irrespective of, of where they come from. Tell me a little bit about the application process. How do, you know, if you've got parents and young people who are listening to this podcast thinking, yeah, man, I want to get involved with this hacker. It sounds awesome. What a head start I can get and what a wonderful community I can join and be a part of. How do they get involved? How do they apply? How does it work? A HECA application is open to any eighth or ninth grader living in the town of Hampton. The application for the 23-24 year is open right now. It opened on February 15th, and it will remain open through March 17th. And every year we're operating in the same window around the February 15th start time for about a month. The application is online. It's on our website, the Hamden.org website. The application can be found. It's also advertised in the local patch as well as you know some internal communications. People, of course, could reach out to myself or Gabe Happy to share our contact information at the end of the pod regarding getting someone a copy of the application. The application itself is a Google form, relatively easy format to fill out, but we are looking for some specific items from students. What are you looking for in, in prospective members of it? So we use a weighted application and in that weighted application, we want the HECA cohorts to be representative of our community in Hampton. It's imperative to us that we drive 50% female representation in our group, especially in underrepresented fields such as manufacturing and engineering. We want to train the next generation of female engineers and manufacturers. Love that. Thank you. Hampton is a town that has some economic disadvantage. You know, some measures have it in the 40 to 50% range of economic disadvantage. It's imperative to us that you know, somewhere in that range of our population in HECA is going to have indicators of economic disadvantage. I think when we talk about racial and ethnic diversity, we want the students in Hamden, and listen, the cohort's not going to be exact, but we want it to be representative within these categories of our population. Other things that are really important to us are, do students understand what the program is, understand the rigors of the program, understand the expectations that we're asking of them. Do they know what STEM is? Do they know what engineering is? Do they know what manufacturing is? And do they know that through past experiences that they've had? And I think like Gabe alluded to before, it doesn't matter to us what those experiences were. If it was meaningful to them and it helped teach them that this could be something for them, then that's gonna help drive that application as well. And finally, 
we don't control for past grades. If a student had a C or an A, that's not going to wait into our application at all. But what we do do is we do, in the interview process, we do a reasoning component where we want to walk through with a student what their reasoning processes are and problem solve. So in that way, we try to capture the capacity of somebody to go through the engineering thinking processes, problem solving. That's critically important. So in that, we get the application pool complete. We run an interview schedule. Gabe and I will meet with every student who's applied. In some years, it's as many as 70 or 80 or 90 students. In other years, it's a little lower. But we'll meet one-on-one -on -one with every student. We will then run our lottery, our weighted lottery. We do it blind, no names, just social security numbers. Once we have it, we backfill the names back in. And numbers 1 through 38 are offered a seat. Really important, an offer of a seat is just a request for the parent and student to sign a contract. We make the parents and students contract that they understand the rigors of the program and the expectations. That is far and away one of the most important safeguards we have. Generally, we have a little bit of attrition at that stage, and maybe it's because of the rigors of the program, or maybe it's because the student's interests don't necessarily align with who we are. In any event, it gives us space to pull a few students off the wait list and really get that group to camp in June who's motivated and ready to go. It sounds absolutely fabulous. You know, not just the opportunity to real fast track your educational development in a field that interests you. I love the fact that, you know, anybody from any walk of life can apply for this. So just to reiterate that, your deadline for applications for this coming year is the 17th of March. Please do get on the website, hamden.org. There's a little link on there. I believe it's on the right-hand side where you can get in touch with these guys. Fill in that form and apply. And obviously, if you're listening to this post the 17th of March, hello to you. It'll be next year for you, February, March time, the following year. Gents, what an incredible program you're able to offer these young people in Hamden and give them an incredible opportunity to get such a head start. How has it been received from or how has it been received by the manufacturers locally and in Connecticut? It's been tremendous. Again, I, Jamie Scott has been our biggest cheerleader at the state level in terms of, of the manufacturing community. And one of the things that we all lived through in this world two and a half, three years ago was a, a global pandemic. And it interrupted some of those processes, some of that communication, some of that working with the larger community, the manufacturers, making sure they knew who we were. At schools, we shut down, right, for a period of time. At least we weren't here live and in person. So I do feel like, you know, exactly four years under our belt of running this program, our first cohort of students will be graduating in June. Just four years under our belt, and I feel like we may have a year or two in really latching on to those community partners. And so Gabe and I are, are really invested in recouping that lost time over the next period of time so that we could tighten those relationships and bonds. 
It sounds like a fabulous program and one that local manufacturers should be jumping all over. The amount of training and advancement, you know, hopefully when these young people graduate, they are really going to be a head and shoulders above other applications of people who haven't gone through the HECA program. You know, the, the diligence and the dedication sounds outstanding. And the young people benefit, the manufacturers benefit. You know, it's a win-win situation. Gents, it's been fabulous finding out about what you guys do. If you are a parent, if you are a young person, if you have got a passion for taking things apart and finding out how they work, this is your opportunity. Do get on that website, hamden.org. Gents, thank you so much for being a part of Meet the Manufacturers on behalf of Manufacture CT. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Claire. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Meet the Manufacturers, brought to you by Manufacture CT. If you would like to find out more about Manufacture CT, or you would like to join the organisation, visit the website manufacturect.org. This podcast is sponsored by Cone Resnick, Advisory, Assurance, Tax. Visit their website, coneresnick.com. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode and want to find out more about the vibrant and thriving manufacturing community in Connecticut, subscribe to and share this podcast today. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Spotify. This podcast was created and produced by Red Rock Branding, redrockbranding.com.